Did you tell dad to be quiet? I did tell dad to be quiet. The other thing that I really enjoy is the new neighbors in the backyard playing their college kid games starting at 5 oh, o'clock every day. It's 5 o'clock every day it's now, isn't it? 5 o'clock every day. Like, you're, you know, you're giving them, like, some bandwidth for college. I, I think they're, like, stupid high school kids. I mean, they might be. Oh, should I have said stupid high school kids? No, you did. I mean, high school kids just have, how can I say it, less life experience. A little sure. impulsive. Although I would argue that college kids have equally as less right. life experience. And more they, freedom. They can just drink and have a car. <laughs> and more freedom. Uh, you, do you want to know something really that crosses my mind a lot that I don't think you would ever think about, but I think about a lot? A lot? Define a lot like every day? Not every day, but more than you would think. Okay. Is this if me, I told like you the name, thing? if I told you the name Danielle Rigoli, would you know who that is? Danielle Rigoli. Does it sound with a B? Oh, Danielle Brigoli? Yeah. Is she from here? No. No, it doesn't sound familiar to me. What if I said, catch me outside, how about that? Oh, yeah, that girl. <laughs> so what's really funny to me about this is I think about how she became an internet sensation. But I think about how because of your proclivity and love for Dr. Phil, you were one of the first people to ever know who she was. Like you... And the Dr. Phil viewing audience were the people <laughs> that helped made Danielle Brigoli, a.k.a. Bad Baby, because she's a rapper now, oh, famous. No. <laughs> Do you take any responsibility for that? Okay, well, I want to make a few clarifications. Because I give you responsibility okay, for that. There's a couple things you've said here that I'd like to clarify. Mm -hmm. All right? Okay. Number one, um, the Dr. Phil thing. So yeah, here's You love him. No, I don't You're love him. You're a big him. Phil stan. <laughs> no. Here's the deal about Dr. Phil. I... Is he a doctor? I don't even know. Some people definitely say he's not. not. Okay, so did he ever really have a private practice? I uh, I don't know. No. So what? Uh, when he's not being Jerry Springerish, mm -hmm. okay. Which um, when I described Doctor Phil to you, I said this is <laughs> Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer with ties. Yeah. So when he's not being Jerry Springerish, and when we're not having to listen to some product that Robin is pushing, right. which doesn't the seem worst. even appropriate segments on, on the, the show, show to me. For sure. And when we're not having to hear about his son's publishing company, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, in between those cracks, I just am, I guess, we're kindred spirits in, I like the advice he gives. Sure. He's kind of firm, yep. but he feels like he has a tender side. Totally. His advice is practical. Yep. Like anybody could follow it. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. And um, I mean, for the most part, I don't disagree with the advice he gives. Sure. You know, though sometimes, I mean, sometimes his dispensing method, you know, maybe could harsh. Be, yeah. You know, or, or, or too, or too nice. I mean, he's making it for TV. It would probably be different if he were just sitting here with us. Uh, for sure. And, but again, going back to my original thought, you were one of the first people in America to, to know who this chick is. Well, only because he had her on. Yep. Now, that's not Well, no, no. I know she, I, we all know where she came from. But here's the thing that I want to ask you. Did yeah. you ever, like, if I asked you right now, how many Instagram followers do you think she has? Oh, probably millions. How many millions? Well, I'm going to say that people love following a train wreck like sure. that. Oh, oh, gee, okay, here we go. Here, so, here, here, here comes the boomer. Okay. So I'm going to say in excess of 5 million. Uh, how about 18.3 million? Oh, crap. Yeah. 
Yeah. You'll be happy to know that she actually took some time off from social media because of the pressures of life we're getting to her. She's, uh, I believe, 17 years old. Yeah, that's tough. So just know that you um, were instrumental in forcing a 17-year-old off of (laughs) social media. Well, first of all, I want to say this. I didn't know her name. I thought it was somebody you went to high school with when you said her name. Okay. You didn't even know. I mean, by is she from here, right? Then, secondly, even what what's her rap name now again? Bad baby. (laughs) Bad baby. I wouldn't have known her by that either. That's fair. So the only recognizable and bad baby is spelled B H A D B H A B I E, like P H A T. Ooh. Ooh, that was good. Pull that one out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, If you had. The word fat being dropped in the podcast within the first three and a half minutes. Congratulations. You win your office pool. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I wouldn't have recognized her by her real name. I wouldn't have recognized her by her rapper name. What was it you had to say to make me recognize her? Catch me outside. How about you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. On, on that note, let's start the podcast. Okay. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. I'm Deb. Just kidding. I'm Kev. I'm Deb. That's my mom. And uh, we're podcasting from the home office. The home, Our home office. Our home office. We, we took what was my childhood bedroom, took the bed, put it in dad's office (laughs) we converted this room into what i think is a very very cool office space um it took us a couple months we were in the midst of a global pandemic we didn't really know what we were doing Um, but i think ultimately it turned out really really cool right i agree but the way you told that story makes it now sound like you sleep in daddy's office well i don't sleep in dad's office my childhood bedroom was the guest bedroom the guest bedroom is now technically in dad's office and then i live upstairs in a nice room in a nice room and if you guys are smart enough and you're willing to put these puzzle pieces together yes i live with my parents (laughs) as a 35 year old but credit to me i live upstairs and not in the basement And that's the dog (laughs) who is currently sitting at the the feet of our podcasting desk, rubbing her face. Rubbing her face. That's Izzy, and she's shaking. And that's what you get when you podcast from your house, I guess. From your house during a pandemic. So should we tell people who are listening who aren't just our friends and family what this podcast is supposed to be about? Well, okay, yes. I'll let you take that because this stems from your business acumen. Okay, so I think it's okay that we can say what we want this podcast to be. But I also want to say that sometimes things take a few left, right, different turns. Oh, this is going to be. And what it ultimately yeah, is. For sure. May not. So if somebody. I listens, just want you to know right now that there is a dog walking around scratching herself. <laughs> and in my brain, I'm thinking, why on earth did we let her stay in this room? Do you want me to put her out? No, no, no. I mean, it's already part of it. This is going to be the first podcast that goes out there. I think I've done a terrible job explaining the office. I think I've done a terrible <laughs> job explaining what this podcast is about. And if you're listening intently, you can hear college kids playing games in the background and a dog refusing to stop scratching herself. Is he? Lay down. Lay down. And now you're getting animal corrections in your podcast. This has gone off the rails and we are five minutes into it. Okay. So So let's get back to the idea that this is a professional podcast (laughs) where we're going to dispense business acumen, fun anecdotes about being mother and son, and then just general things about the world. Exactly. We're trying to cover all bases. 
and then you'll get some great animal anecdotes as well. I think there have to be animals included in just about every little thing. So oh my gosh, Izzy's what a, in here what today, a way to start this. She will never be allowed in oh, again, I, I, right? She's just non on that leg right now. And she's like, the, the microphones went on. Are you sure on. you don't want me to put her out? Yeah, no, no, we're good. The microphones okay. went on, and she was just raring and ready I mean, to scratch. she was quiet as can be before that. I know. So back to the original question, which is, what's your favorite part about this office? One of the things that I had to do was I had to soundproof this a bit. Yeah. So the room <laughs> itself is white, and the ceiling is kind of a gray, which if this isn't great radio, I don't know what is. But I had to make sound boards with poster board and then like sound squares. I honestly thought it was like a science fair project. Yeah, I mean, happening. it looked like one and I executed it like a fifth grader for sure. So they're, they're taped to the ceiling. Most of them are now properly secured after many, many coats of glue, not to the ceiling, but to the poster board. Except the one right over us is missing three tiles because they fell on our heads. They fell on our heads. Fortunately, these things weigh nothing, nothing so it didn't hurt us, but... Um, that's not my favorite piece, but it's certainly the most laborious piece that I had to do to make this room podcast ready. So do you have a favorite piece? Uh, I like the dogs. The dogs. Yeah. So there are two pictures of the dogs. Uh, the Portuguese water dog, Izzy, who's the elder stateswoman of the who's house. Who's scratching right over here. Who's scratching right now. And the lovable idiot, Nola, who is the Springer Spaniel, uh, a client of yours, sent us what would you call them, Renfair-esque photos of the dogs yeah. wearing like traditional medieval garb? Well, she those are real pictures of the dogs. Those correct? are real pictures of the dogs that I took and, and provided to her so that she could make these for you. And the dogs look particularly regal S and solemn. Super regal. Super regal. And then she picked out apparently outfits yep. that could be superimposed. Yep on their upper body because yep. it looks like they're sitting like people looks like they're sitting erect getting a, a a portrait painted of themselves that's what exactly what it looks like and it looks like any moment somebody should walk up behind them and put a crown on them yep. and a scepter in their hands i like that because there's a professional element to this um office and and that is not, not remotely <laughs> professional at all not so, even a little bit they are the dog pictures are amazing. Yeah. I do What's your wanna, favorite part? I do well, okay, I do want to say this though. For our listening audience, the dog pictures are not like black velvety or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. They're they're on a canvas and what I'll do is I'll be sure to take photos of them and post them on on our social so that people can see what we're talking about. And make sure you say which one is Izzy and which for one sure. is Nola. Yep. Because I think people want to One know. is black and white, one is brown and white. Okay, so um when you ask me what is my favorite Part of me wants to tell you what's not my favorite, but mm -hmm. I'm going to say what my favorite is. Okay, Debbie Downer, what's your favorite? Um, I I really love the bookcases. The bookcases are great. Fun story about the bookcases <laughs> is they are, um, what would you say, pipe and wood. So the shelves themselves are wood. Mm -hmm. The brackets that connect the shelves and um, tie the shelves to the wall, mount the shelves mm -hmm. to the wall are, are black pipe, pipe. Black yeah. pipe. And we found them on Amazon for, I think for six shelves was like 120 bucks. But because my father, <laughs> your husband, is who he is, he said, oh, I can make that. And we for, said- For a whole lot less. For a whole lot less. Yeah, and we that's said, what he said, okay, great. Well, why don't you, you know, kind of not put an invoice together, but let us know what that is going to be. And so he did. And I really think that originally Amazon was like 120 bucks, 130 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And he came in at 115. 
<laughs> right. But the best part was because we know him so well. Right. And it was really clear that he wanted to do this. For yeah, us. There was there was nothing we were going to be able we to do. We were say. not going to be able to nope. undo this. So we could have bought two sets of shelves on Tuesday and had them arrive on a Thursday. <laughs> but instead, we got that initial invoice maybe 10 days after that first Tuesday and then two shelves. Or six weeks two, later? Two freestanding shelves with six shelves each. I mean, yeah, like six weeks later. It was a while. Yeah, it was a while. I like to believe that they're more perfect than what would have been on I mean, I will rationalize anything. Because he does good work. Of course. I mean, they look just as good, if not better, than the things that we could have bought from Amazon within 48 hours. (laughs) They look good. So I I love the bookshelves. And then what we've done is we have collections of things on the bookshelves, Mm -hmm. which are representative, some of just me, some of just you, some of us. Like there's a signed basketball there. That's not mine. Yeah. Do you know who signed that? No. Yeah, you do. Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant, RIP. All right. Him, Shaquille O'Neal, and Phil Jackson all signed that ball. Oh my gosh, that's a big deal. So it's probably worth something. It's probably always worth something, but it's probably definitely worth something now. But I've already promised that to a friend if in my untimely death. What about me? If your death is untimely. Yeah, you can have it. You can sell it to Parker. (laughs) (laughs) I would sell it to Parker too. So, and then we have a collection of cool little things. So, I mean, if you, if, if your eye, I just think if your eye rolls around here on one second, it could be something of yours. On the other second, it could be something of mine. It's a nice cohesion of both It's of a us. nice cohesion. I like looking at you because behind you, you have nine photo albums that are yep. framed. And they're from and they're my dads, generation. Right? What? They're all dad's albums, yep. but your, yep. your generation's music. And we've got Boston, Aerosmith, Doobie Brothers, Bob Dylan, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, Bruce Springsteen at Asbury Park. I mean, who else? Oh, Eric Clapton up in the corner. It's a lot of good stuff. So that being said, we have talked about The Office at nauseum. Yeah, too much. (laughs) A lot. But I think the other main component of this podcast is you are a highly educated business coach who has clients really all over the the world. Um, A lot of people for many years have been telling you that you should have a podcast so that your information is more easily disseminated to people. Um, People said that I should host it. I think I forced you into doing this in some capacity in that you you weren't going to do it yourself, but if I got everything together and I set it up and somewhat learned how to do this, we would be able to put a podcast together and and here we are. And so really the, the, the... the, the origin of this is that you are a wealth of knowledge. People pay you money for that knowledge. And so we figured this would be a great outlet to provide um, some more information to the masses and um, hopefully not do any harm in the process. Hopefully, but we are going to put disclaimers on everything, right? Oh, yeah. Th- these are just all opinions, solely that of <laughs> Deb be, and Kev. They might be the podcast is meant to be nothing more than fun. What you choose to do is of your own volition and that's it. But if we know that something's worked, we'll tell them it's worked. We'll say that part. So one of the things that I wanted to get into and we're kind of, kind of make this a series is, um, you work with a lot of business owners, you work with a lot of small business owners and large business owners, CEOs and everything in between. One of the things that I think is super important to talk about is kind of the life cycle of an employee. And so we're going to break this into four parts. The first one being hiring, which we'll talk about today. The second one being training, the third one being kind of the management of the day-to-day, and the fourth one being firing or, or letting somebody go or having somebody leave. 
And we'll, we'll kind of talk in depth about all four of those things, but today we're going to talk about hiring. And so, you know, we, we knew we were going to do this podcast. I said that the first day I want to talk about hiring people. I said, if you can come to the table with three things, we can expand upon that, you know, three to four minutes for, for each little bullet point. So I think what's really important that everybody should know is Deb is sitting in front of me with no paperwork whatsoever. There is, there is nothing written down. There's no computer. We are going to talk about the three things that she thinks are most important when hiring somebody right from the top of her brain. <laughs> and, and, and I will say this, and I mean this, that is probably one of the more impressive things about you is that even when you give talks in front of hundreds of people, you have a loose idea of what you're going to do with it. You execute on it. And when you get a, a thought that you, that you know is resonating with people, it, it, you just kind of take off. So, so as we think about one of the main elements of it being an employer, it's hiring. So let's get into it. Talk, let's talk about the three most important things you think about um, when hiring that other people don't think about. Okay, no specific order. No particular order. Okay, I'm going to say number one, but it's not the most important. It's just one of the elements. Sure. Okay? So one of the things I think that employers make a mistake with is that they don't have current job descriptions and they don't know what the people truly do or the depth and breadth of what everybody does. Meaning that when somebody leaves a job, the job that they're leaving is now different than what they were originally hired to do. Often it is. So we might say, um, like in a medical practice, you might say the front office girl, the receptionist, you know, we would assume she answers the phone and she greets the patients and perhaps makes appointments. But there could be a wealth of other administrative things she does there. And there were the things she did in the beginning. And then there's things that she does two or three years later as she takes on more responsibility. And then even perhaps there were things she gave away to somebody else because that's the processes and protocols and procedures in the office dictated that. So you think that every individual's job description, no matter if you only have two or ten employees, needs to kind of be an evergreen living document that changes with the scope of the position and, and, and how often should that, how often should employers be addressing that change? I think literally if, if, if somebody, if an employer said to their people once a quarter, hey, everybody, let's look at our job descriptions, let's amend them, mm -hmm. let's make them right. Sure. Um, I think that would be so awesome. And then when it comes time to hire somebody, you really know everything they do. Got it. So okay. stay up to date with your job description. You yep. think that's an essential component to owning your own business, being a manager, hiring. Yep, because you're going to use that job description to place your ad, so, which takes me to number two. Love the segue. Number two, what is so, it? So I think that too many employers think like they are king of the hill. I've got a job and everybody should come begging for sure. it. And I think that's the exactly wrong attitude. I'm going to use the internet dating I think both people want to date okay. and that people have to put their best foot forward, including the employers. And so you could read an ad. Again, let's use a medical practice for it. Um, we need a front office receptionist. Boom. I've seen ads really that say stuff like that. Sure. You know? and, but how about saying, hey, like we are a thriving, charismatic medical practice that needs an outgoing, you know, energetic, detail-oriented front desk person. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying sell yourself a little bit sure. in the beginning and really describe that person that you want, you know, to, uh, to ideally fill that position. So, and then really have all the tasks because in a medical office, for example, 
if it's more than answering phones, if they're also doing billing, if they're also doing some kind of physician marketing or whatever else they're doing, um, the person needs to know. They might be equipped for part of it, or they might be equipped for their their definition of what a medical office receptionist does. But what you're saying is that it's one thing to post a job with the job specifics, but you're also hiring a human being, and human beings spoiler alert, are all very different so that you need to put in that job description the type of person you're looking for to fulfill that job. Exactly, exactly. And then part three, which goes right off of part one, if I'm going to use the dating Mm -hmm. analogy, we don't get married after one date, or at least we shouldn't. And those people that do, we all think it's pretty weird. Very weird. And so, you know, if they do manage to stay married for 50 years, we look at that later and we give them a little applause. Sure. But that doesn't happen very, 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 yeah. very rarely. doesn't end well doesn't, doesn't end well. So interview them more than once. Have several touch points. There can be, you know, uh, emails back and forth. There can be a phone interview. I mean, obviously, ultimately, there has to be an in-person interview or in today's world, at least a Zoom interview. Sure. But um, make it be, I would say, three or four touch points minimum before you make a decision about the person. So talk to me about those touch points because there's the initial job posting. So you're going to get applicants. Yeah. Then from that, you know, let's call it 30 applicants. You obviously want to whittle it down. So what's that first kind of not obstacle, but so for me, I would take the 30. Let's just say that I throw 10 out. I mean, Mm -hmm. like 10 just weren't. No. The resumes don't make sense. For resumes the don't make Got sense it. for the job. So I have 20 left. I have a letter that I sent and it's really easy. Basically, hey, congratulations, you made it to step two. Sure. Ask three super simple questions that everybody can answer because we're only trying to see if they'll respond. This is just, can you follow instructions, sure. right? Can you put a coherent sentence can together? Can you put a coherent s- sentence together and respond back to me? Half of those people will not answer that email. Even when it starts out, congratulations. So now we just weeded out 10 more, right? They did the job for us. Right. So the 10 that did answer, um, I am pretty relaxed. I'm just happy they answered, Mm -hmm. right? So I would give them a phone interview. And I think the thing about a phone interview, you get to see how ready people are for the interview. I did tell you about that time that a woman said, I said, is this a good time? She said, yes. And she had three kids in the back of a van and was going through a drive-in now, do you think that's a bad thing? Because there's a piece of me that says she thrives in chaos. But then there's another piece of me that says you're terribly unprofessional wanting to have an interview in the middle of a drive through with a van full of kids. So, I can okay. see either side I'm not going to lie. I, I wanted to give her a, kind of some kudos for being brave, sure. right? I totally. mean, that, like she stepped out and was like, I can manage this, uh-huh. right? Um, but, I mean, she hadn't finished placing the order, so I heard all that. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, we weren't – w- it wasn't like she paid – I'd like to think that I'm really good with people skills. Yeah, that's a large fry in a Diet Coke. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. Great. Yes. So, anyways, what I was telling you, something exactly, like that. Exactly. And then I had to hear – I mean, I know that's not multitasking, but, again, it's somewhat impressive. I had to listen to her pay, and then I had to listen to her actually say that one thing was wrong and get it back. Okay? Was she nice about it? She was super nice okay. about it. I like that. And kind she, of like a glimpse into her real world. She was super nice about it. And when she gave the children the food, because I heard that as well, mm-hmm. she was... I she mean, threw she, it at them? No, good oh, okay. authority, but like in a good way. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like in a Everybody loving... sit down! A loving but firm way. Got it. But still, we were in a van going through a drive-thru, which Got didn't... It. I felt like she could have said in 15 minutes, right? Sure. Okay. So then... Job description, job post. First email to them is, can you answer some questions yep. about yourself? 
Then we have the phone call. Yep. If the phone call goes well and they're not in the McDonald's drive-thru, what's invite the next in. step? We invite them in for Got an it. interview. And then I just think, don't scatter those interviews out for weeks. Get them all in on the same day, one right after the other. Do a panel interview of at least two or three people so you have a couple people's opinions. Sure. And hopefully even maybe the person that's leaving so they can answer questions about the job. And ideally the, the panel is yourself who's the manager or the, or mm-hmm. the, the, the business owner. If you have a right-hand person, and like you just said, the, the outgoing employee, assuming everything is <laughs> kosher. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think you get difference of, of opinions, and people ask different questions, and it's it. But it's more conversational. It's not just that tennis ball back and forth. Sure. You know, it. They end up. They. I think when they come in and see three people or four people or however many it is, there's a moment of ooh, what's going on here, but. In seconds, they relax and realize it's just a conversation. And how long is this panel usually? So, I mean, ideally, it would be two hours. It would be seamless. Everybody feels really great about the individual, and, they, and it's their best friend. But, like, ideally, 30 a, minutes, 45, an hour? So we usually schedule 45. Got it. And some of them, I mean, most of them will take 30 if you have a couple people asking questions. Um, it gives you a couple minutes in. You can grab a drink or whatever in between, a cup of coffee. But, um, yeah. I, I think 45 minutes is enough. Just take an afternoon and knock them out. And you'll know right then. So then I always usually say. Usually you're, you're only in person interviewing three to five people. Yeah. By max, the end, it's, right? it, it's yeah. a smaller group, right? Um, but here's what really that I have found when you do it this way. A couple of really cool things happen. I tell people, like, let's not discuss them in between. Let's not get excited about number one. We need mm-hmm. to meet number five, sure. you know, whatever that looks like. And then what I've always told everybody to do is everybody privately take a piece of paper and write down one through five, if it were five, and put your top, you know, in order that you would hire them. Almost everybody, they're one and two are interchangeable, you know, so then it's not, it's not hard to pick. You're not going to a death match over who you want, right? Two men enter, one man leaves, that thing. Yeah, it's pretty unanimous, right? Right. Um, But the other thing that people say is they were all good. I could have picked number five. Interesting. And so when that happens, that is such a great feeling that you had a whole cast of different characters come through here and that they all sort of met the requirements and that they'd hung in the process with you, you know, through the process. So then sub question would be, if you have five candidates, but there's three that everybody really, really enjoys, Mm -hmm. is the ultimate decision the business owner, the manager, the person who's going to have to train them and look over them? Or would you say that that's still a decision by committee? Secret ballots, blind I, no, ballots. No, I think like the, when, the ones that I've been involved in, people kind of battle it out to the end. Everybody's invested. Very top chef-like. Yeah, it, very top chef. Like somebody could be, like there could be a person that would be stuck on money. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, she's going to cost a lot of money. I mean, she comes with a lot of experience but she's going to cost a lot of money, yeah. right? There could be some that it would be like, I think she'll fit in, but just that one would fit in better, you know, with right. the team. You know, that could be an issue. There could be, I mean, there's, it, it's, I mean, they're they're random. I mean, the issues, the things that people get excited about and stuck with. But, um, I mean, there was one we had, and I'll never forget this, that, I mean, one person was asking three times as much as another person. Mm-hmm. And they were the two that we were most excited about. Yeah. And at the end of the day, three times as much it's to a, a business is a lot. For sure. And so we hired the less expensive person. 
And I mean, like that was four or five years ago. She's still there and doing a great job for him. That's awesome. I know it's awesome. And now she's, you know, been promoted and doing really well. But it also gives a business owner, they get to really see the reality of what people in that in their chosen field are getting mm-hmm. paid. And I mean, they bring the client. That's what I'm saying. The prospect brings valuable information to the table. Yep. So summarize it all for us again. Okay. I want the job descriptions current and updated all the time. So you're not left in the lurch if somebody gives notice. Love it. As a business owner, mm-hmm. right? I want you to write just a love letter to the applicants. I want it to be really descriptive and full of beautiful adjectives about you, your business, and the person that you want, as well as a task list. Like so they know Craigslist, what they're getting into. you know, man seeking woman type thing. N- not that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but Got it. Less creepy than Craigslist, less, less but we're still looking for a, uh, an individual of a certain type. A certain type. Got yes. it. I want people to look at your job description and go, wow, compared to all the other job descriptions. Okay. Got it. And then the last one is more than one touch point. Come on. You know, you've got to meet them several times to decide if you're going to let them into your business. I love it. I think it's great. Anything else on this topic? No, I think that's good. I feel like if people just did that, what a different world it would be. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So one of the things that I really like about you is there never seems to be an issue that comes across your plate that you don't have an answer for. Or maybe an opinion on. Definitely an opinion on. (laughs) But you always have an answer for, especially if it's business related. So this is kind of a a segment that I came up with that I bounced off the idea off of you. And it's just, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you. You can ask me three qualifying questions and that's it. Okay. And then you have one minute to come up with what you believe is the right answer. Is it just going to be silent for one minute? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, okay. you have to you have to explain it to me. That would be the worst radio in the world if I said exactly. it. Now we're going to sit here in silence. I, I want to I want to say I want to throw this out there that I do not know what the question is. Uh, none. You have you have no idea. Okay. I actually don't have any idea what I'm about to tell you <laughs> okay. either. So this okay. is just so it's going to be a surprise for both of us. Of yeah. the brain thinking, and I'm coming up with it right now, and it's going to be really good. So here we go. You're an owner. Of yes. a business. Let's say it's uh, a retail shop. Okay. okay. You only have five employees. All right. You notice that some merchandise seems to be missing. Oh, I hate But this. these employees work a bunch of different hours and they're all friendly. There's not a loner in the group. They mm-hmm. all like each other. They're all of a certain age. There's, you know, there's three women, two men, and you love all of them mm-hmm. okay they're all hard workers you appreciate all of them there's no cameras in there but you notice some merchandise has been missing how do you go about handling that i have three questions three questions okay so did i really notice that some merchandise was missing or did was something brought to my attention um somebody said something to you where you're like hey deb i thought we had you know three of these dresses but it looks like we only have one so you cross-reference it in the POS system, yeah. and you've only sold one, so you should have three left because your initial order was four. That's one question. Okay. Um, my other question is... Um, yeah, two more. Okay. So uh, have I had any incidences of... I'm going to say not like this is a thing somebody stole, mm-hmm. we feel like, but like I would say time theft or... 
Do you know what I'm talking people about? People taking time? longer breaks. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Or people not being responsible in the business. Yeah. I mean, I would say that on occasion, you've had to remind people, hey, it's a, it's a 45-minute break, not right. an hour break. And when you make that um, correction, they all, they all follow it fairly, fairly quickly thereafter. Mm-hmm. That's two questions. One more. Are any of them living what looks like outside of their means? Great question. I would say that you look at them and you think like, man, I don't know that one in particular seems to kind of be living more of a lavish lifestyle than any of the others. But there's sometimes they walk in, they being all of them, and you think like, I know what I pay you. And I know you don't have a side job. How did you afford that? And that could be a necklace, a bracelet, mm-hmm. a new car. Okay. So Those, here, that's three questions. Nope, I've got them. I've answered them. Yep. You now have 60 seconds to explain to me what you would do in one, two, go. Okay. In that situation, here's the truth. I don't have cameras in the store and somebody could have shoplifted the dress. That's the, I mean, that is a possibility sure. as well. Okay. So probably what I would do is I would sit down and I would say, hey, here's our one dress we have left. We're supposed to have two. Does anybody know where the other one is? Mm-hmm. Because it's not in the POS system and it wasn't sold. And then I would just seriously, I mean, like, it would be a serious conversation. I would say, look, you guys are responsible for making sure that theft doesn't happen in the store, right? And you're responsible if something is going on here, you know, that is a little, let's just call it fishy. Sure. So. Here's the deal. I don't expect anybody to stand up here and say, I'm stealing from you or I know somebody that is. But if you know anything that's happening, you have a responsibility to tell me. And you can do that privately. If it turns out that this was taken you know, by somebody outside of here, we're going to figure that out as well. Five seconds. But we're installing cameras tomorrow. Dang. I have no idea if that's the right answer or I don't not, have but any, it sounded I, I really good to me. Here's the thing. Is um, the idea that you're trying to put a little bit of fear in them? Well, here's the deal. Here, two without things. Without selling them down the river? I will always err on the side of caution. Got it. I'm not going to assume anything. I mean, for me, I want to catch them red-handed. Sure. That's really what you I want to do. hard proof. Exactly. But I think sometimes if you put a scare like that in them, they will, the person that's doing it will either get uncomfortable and leave mm-hmm. or they'll slip up. I also think the bigger thing is that somebody has witnessed something if it's going on. Got it. And it just needs to be said, and they'll come to you. Got it. I think that's great. Is it? I have no idea. I'm going to put it's the a cameras hypothetical up no that what, I literally though. had no idea prior to the words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. It's nothing that we've really ever experienced. I had before. no idea what I was going to say yet. That's the point of yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. Was it, what it, was this like called? <laughs> hypothetical one minute? Yeah. Brilliant. Hypothetical one minute. I did it in one minute. You did. It was perfect. You had three questions. They were all appropriate questions. From that, you were able to put together a well-thought-out conclusion. There you go. So one of the things that we tapped on, uh, touched on earlier in the podcast was, I do, in fact, live with you. I live with you and dad, my (laughs) parents. You do. Um, I moved back here from New Orleans prior to COVID and Family issues, I think I was going to probably get out of here, you know, around March or April. And then the world shut down and and I'm living here. So I would say, would you say 95% of the time, you and I are totally in sync? Oh, yeah. 
it maybe 98% of the time. A lot. There's I'm not the much thing you do that annoys me. Right. And there's hardly anything I do that annoys you. But I want to. <laughs> and then the dog shakes like that and I want to throw her through the window, but okay. I couldn't because she's so lovable. I want to say this though. We have worked hard. And I mean really since you were a child. Mm-hmm. On getting along. For sure. Both of us have. Totally. It's been a goal. It's been it a goal. It has been a, a thoughtful effort. Right. And so when people say things like, oh, you get along so well, I want to say. Yeah, you give me tons of money. <laughs> I, <laughs> I gave him nothing. I, I, and by the way, do note, I give him nothing, nothing. as far as money goes. Um, All she gave me was love and affection. Can you believe love it? Love and affection. But I do want to say we had a common goal. And it was to get along and to be friends in adulthood. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, some people don't have that goal. It doesn't work out like that. But about 3% of the time, we're not on the same page. <laughs> 3%. Okay. So we're just going to call this aired out. Okay. <laughs> so you get to pick one thing. Okay. That, that I do, which I don't even know how you're going to be able to find that because it's, I mean, it's me. That really goes, rubs you the wrong way, against the grain, grinds your gears, and then I'll go. <laughs> Okay, so are we going to just be gentle By the first all means, time? ladies first. Uh, this is always going to be gentle. Okay. There's nothing of malice that I would ever say. Okay, so this is just, this is a very little thing. I'm sure. I could, <laughs> couldn't possibly be big. But if I possibly got a hold of an old relationship of yours and oh my God, dialed her in, starting. she would agree with me on this. Well, I wasn't going to be mean, but here we go. <laughs> so you are amazing in the kitchen. Little known fact, you're a super good cook. I mean, like, amazing. Super good. Like, and five star Michelin chef. <laughs> almost. And at least three. At for least sure. three. At least three. And um, you are completely amazing about cleaning up after yourself. Mm-hmm. However, you will leave the wet sponge completely wet, saturated, soaked, just laying somewhere in the sink. Do you know why I do that? There's no why. No, no. This is a conscious thought. It's got icky water in it. Because all day long, I'm cleaning dishes. That's how I feel. I do get dishes too. Oh, God. Hardly ever. Okay. And so I feel that it's wasteful to put soap on the sponge, saturate the sponge, clean the dishes, knowing there's more soap in that sponge, and then rinsing it out. It feels wasteful to me. Now, I get it, but that's... That's okay. my dumb brain. Okay, but you know what you just went through? What if we just did this? Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to waste soap and we don't want to waste water. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with what I do. You just don't like it. But yeah, by all <laughs> means, let's correct it. What if we just took the sponge mm-hmm. and rang it out? I will try to definitely think about potentially being better about that. Because there potentially could be a person in the state of Louisiana that would agree with me on this. Oh, my God. And I believe actually asked you... And the answer you gave her was such BS at the time. It's true. No, you said in Nevada, they just dry out by themselves. They do. That's no, a fact. They Technically, they would dry out anywhere <laughs> in the world. Well, if you left them long enough. Well, I mean, okay, so there's my thing. That's not a very big thing. Sure. It's a little thing. It certainly didn't have anything to do with like your heart and soul. Right. There's nothing wrong with either <laughs> of those. Okay. Now. Mm-hmm. You have one for me? I do. See, here's the problem. You got to, you. Uh, this is all spontaneous for me. Well, <laughs> you can absolutely contribute to the podcast, but you put this all on me, and so you this is what we're going with. You got to think of the questions ahead of time. I have mine, but you already know this one. Okay, go ahead. You have maybe a five-second switch from when <laughs> you can't find something to an all-out hysterical <laughs> moment. Wait. Hey, Kev, have you seen my phone? I haven't. 
Oh my god, I don't know where my phone is. I don't. I can't. Have you seen it? Oh, I think I left it at Costco. You haven't been in Costco for like three days. I don't know where my phone is. I can't find it anywhere. You go from the most <laughs> rational human being to full blown <laughs> lunatic, and nine times out of ten, if you turned around, you'd find it on the kitchen table. Okay, but wait a minute. And, and you always look at me, and it's accusatory. <laughs> like I decided that day to wake up and chuck your phone. phone down the sewer. Okay, so everybody knows the panic of losing like a wallet or a phone. Of course, it's okay. the worst. So that's what you're seeing. That's that reaction. It is just let, let it be said. It is never directed at you. It's like I'm. I accidentally threw my wallet away, and it still gives me pain. I'm begging you for help it. when I do it. Right? Okay, that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. I guess. So. But I also want to say this. It really only happens with the phone. It happens with when you can't find something. Like what? Like what else can't It doesn't matter. Kevin, where's the cheese grater? I know I put it away here <laughs> two months ago. That's a lie. That is not even true. That is it is true. your phone. And I will say this. Nine times out of ten, it is, it is genuinely within arm's reach of you. And I'm not That's saying true. that I have a better view of things just because I'm tall. I, I do. But it's like, hey, if you just want to peer your head around the pillar, it's sitting right there. Yeah, well, see, if you weren't around, I would just have my phone on all the time. And then if that happened, I could ask somebody to call it. But because you don't like me to have my phone on, I have it off. And so then calling it wouldn't even do any good. Okay. I'm just telling you, it doesn't happen a lot. Daddy's thinking about getting rid of the house phone. So then I wouldn't even have another phone. That'd be sad. That phone number is older than me. I know, but is it worth $50 a month? I don't know. I don't know either. I like to mess with those telemarketers. I I know, me too. That's $50 of joy. I know. I'm with you. Are we good? We're good on that. We're good. We, we've aired We're it good out. on that. Yeah. Okay. I feel a thousand maybe, pounds lighter. Maybe like, you know, 20 podcasts from now, we can check in and see if we did better. I doubt it. You're probably not. You're definitely going to freak out still. So one of the things that you kind of always did with me growing up was you made me be conscious about things I was thankful for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important element in in business and in life, professional, personal, whatever it may be, is you have to be aware of what what's going well, what you're looking forward to, shining some some positivity on things that could otherwise be, you know, fairly down and out. So when you think about this weekend, you know, this is a weekly podcast. What What is the thing that you're most thankful for this week? And you can't say me because I know you're thankful for me every day. Well, that's true. Um, so sometimes I'm really grateful for weird little things. Like today when we were in the backyard and we saw the monarch butterfly. Oh, yeah. Did like, you, but you only saw the one. There was two. I know. I only saw the one. But it was a good size one. And it was flitting. And it was staying in our backyard mm-hmm. for quite a while. So I've come to notice things like that and try to find the joy in that little thing. For sure. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is I think that, and I've been going on for three months, so it just my might be a short, short slow Short learner, slow learner. Anyways. Short learner, slow short learner, learner, slow yeah. learner, something I'll like apply. that. But I think I'm finally figuring out, like, because I'm not traveling for business, this stuck at home thing. And I feel like I'm moving really in a new place into rich relationships at long distances. And I'm really grateful for that. So Does that make sense? You're thankful for having a better appreciation of relationships, even though they might not be front and center. Right. Yeah. That's great. Which I think, yeah, I mean, we're used to them being front and center. It's far it. more meaningful than what I'm going to say. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I threw the butterfly out the there. The butterfly's first. great. I mean, I was actually upstairs and I looked outside and I saw them 
flitting around with one another. So I that was better than that. what I saw. For yeah, sure. But hey, you, you only know what you know. Right? Yeah. My moment of thankfulness or of gratitude is, you know, when I left New Orleans, I had put together a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with a bunch of friends. Right. Called it the 504 Guild. Shout out Gabby, Sam, Nick, Matt, Greg, and Jalice. And for the better part of it, a year now, I've been trying to find anybody that even knew about that, not how to play it, but just understood what Dungeons and Dragons was and was interested in playing. And so over the course of like the last two or three weeks, I've been able to get a group of people together, some of who know how to play, some who don't, but all who have interest. And um, this coming Monday, we're all going to get together and we're all going to start building characters and I'm going to start to teach them about what it all means. And and I know this sounds really bizarre, but it is so much fun for me. I take so much pride in it. It genuinely boosts my spirits to be able to cobble all of this stuff together. And for all those people who, who have partake in it, they, they all have a great time with it. It's kind of latches on to you and becomes a part of you for the rest of your life and takes you into a different realm of thinking that you're used to. And And so for me, I am beyond excited to get that ball rolling and to be able to do it with friends here and share that that passion that I have for this game with them. I didn't know about Monday, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I do think for people that know you really well, um, and that's probably the only people that are listening to this. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> six told, of you. Um, it's a little, the Dungeons and Dragons thing is a little unexpected with you. And it so is. that is what makes it kind of like extra, I don't, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it makes it extra fun, extra interesting for me to watch you become involved in something that didn't seem at all, I'm just going to say, in your genre. For sure. Yeah. And, and and having done it now for a handful of years, it's one of those things where I look back and I think to myself, I wish you would have known it as a teenager. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh, for sure. But hey, I know it as an adult now. You do. So that having been said, this is probably the last thing I'm going to say, and then we can do whatever mm-hmm. it looks like. But um, keeping that in mind, maybe next time we have to mention the sewing machine. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that'll, that'll be a teaser um, because on our way home um, this afternoon, uh, we saw a old school Singer collapsible sewing machine that God only knows why I felt compelled to. It was just available on the street pick it up and put it in the car. So I guess we can try to cobble that thing together and keep people updated on how that goes. But yeah, we um, picked up somebody's junk from the street and put it in your nice car and now it exists ever. in our house. Yeah, first time ever. So um, that's kind of exciting. We'll see what happens with that. It, so, has, all, and it has all the parts and bells and whistles on it. For sure. Uh, we have gone far longer than I thought we would. We are close to 50 minutes. I think we have properly fulfilled the time for the first podcast. Is it good? I don't know. Is it bad? Potentially. But we did it. It's recorded. We have music. It's fantastic. We had Izzy in the background. Izzy in the background, who, oh my God, is just the loudest dog in the world right now. I apologize. She definitely won't be in the room next time. <laughs> Never again. So then the last question is, what's for dinner? Ah, tonight. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> Love chicken Caesar We do salad. a good chicken Caesar. It's a very good chicken Caesar salad. Very and good it's super Caesar. simple, and it's always delectable. It's always good. Homemade Caesar. We do a good job. And on that, we will say goodbye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all the tens of you that (laughs) tuned in for this first podcast. And we will see you next week. Okay. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.